Welcome to episode 180 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about mass psychosis. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as Anthony Fauci, the injunctions against the vaccine mandates, Australia's approach to COVID, stagflation, or Let's Go Brandon comes up, please join the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Brighteon, BitChute, Rumble, and Instagram, where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment to give it a five-star rating, hit the like button, or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest Podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. When I first started paying attention to politics, I had a hard time understanding why liberal-leaning folks endorse policies that are known to fail or cause harm and or death. I really struggled with this, so much so that most of the individual podcasts in this episode address these policies. All you have to do is consider the consequences of policies endorsed by our liberal friends to know that something ain't right. Think about the consequences of minimum wage. Who is hurt when the government artificially inflates the wage rates? Hint, it ain't people at the top of the economic ladder. Abortion, the killing of innocent babies, perpetual welfare, which has resulted in the breakup of the nuclear family, and a generation of people dependent on the government, the removal of Judeo-Christian religious teachings and observations in the public square and in public schools, and replacing it, at least in the schools, with the hate America critical race theory, and an endorsement of the transgender lifestyle. They advocate for puberty blockers for preteens. They claim there's nothing wrong with biological boys or men to use women's locker rooms or bathrooms, as long as these guys claim to identify as a girl or a woman. They demand that biological men be allowed to compete against women in sports, as long as these guys claim to identify as a girl or a woman. Look at the University of Pennsylvania swimmer in the news just in the last few weeks. Do you hear anyone on the left speaking truth to this insane asylum policy? The guy is breaking NCAA records, beating the women he is competing against by a full 40 seconds. And no one on the left has the balls to object to this obvious abomination. How about open borders? Literally, folks, you don't have a country if you don't enforce your border, leading one to believe that these folks do not care about the country. Do you know any other country in the history of the world that survived as a sovereign nation that had or has an open border? What kind of mental deficiency must you suffer from to leave materials to build the border wall at the southern border on the ground while paying the contractor who is hired to build the wall not to, to the tune of millions of dollars a day. The materials have been purchased. Someone just needs to erect the wall, but no. Add to the fact that just recently the state of Texas announced that they would build the wall, but the federal government refuses to allow them to use the materials or to even buy them. How about climate change? The financial boondoggle Green New Deal. It's nothing more than a money laundering operation to pet projects and pet industries by the Democratic Party. It's not based on science. How about energy policy? We were literally energy independent on January 1st, 2021. We were a global powerhouse in the oil and natural gas arena. 
Fast forward a few short months later after Biden and the Democrats took control, and we are now a net importer of oil and natural gas. The Keystone XL pipeline is shut down. There's no drilling on federal land. They're killing the fracking industry. For decades, they've blocked the building of new nuclear power plants. They want to get rid of fossil fuels. Think about the dire consequences of this policy. Why would someone endorse it? How about the removing of gendered terms like father, mother, son, and daughter from the vocabulary? And the addition of pronouns? Or changing the definition of words like marriage? Spending, spending, spending. Now granted, this is not just a liberal policy, but these folks literally want to bankrupt the country and kill the U.S. dollar. They subscribe to modern monetary theory, for crying out loud. They love liberty and freedom-crushing regulations. Anything the government can do to dictate to the masses, they are all in, including higher taxes. I mean, really, what kind of person wants to send more of their hard-earned money to the government to be wasted? How about law enforcement, gun control? They want to take guns out of the hands of law-abiding citizens and leave them in the hands of criminals. And how about gun-free zones? Nothing more than target practice for armed cowards. How about defund the police? You have to be some kind of stupid to advocate for either of these policies. How about bail reform, which really means imposing no bail on criminals? How about allowing the homeless to take over large parts of a city? Or policies whereby the DA in certain cities announces that they are going to stop enforcing the law. Go ahead and steal whatever you want. We won't prosecute you unless you exceed $950 a day. And how about some of the loon bag cities, the handling of the riots, arson, and looting from last summer? What kind of mental illness must one suffer from in order to allow their city to burn? And then there's the crushing COVID policies, masks, lockdowns, denial of cheap, effective early treatments using repurposed drugs, denial of natural immunity, denial and censorship of dissenting opinions. Or what about endorsing a policy that forces people to inject an experimental vaccine into their body against their better judgment, or suffer consequences like being fired from their job or having travel restrictions imposed on them. Look at this dysfunction displayed in long-time-run Democrat cities like San Francisco, Oakland, Detroit, Baltimore, Chicago, Trenton, or St. Louis, where the number of murders on a given weekend would make a third-world dictator blush, but not the mayors of those cities or entire states full of financial and societal dysfunction, like California, Illinois, and New York. If not mental illness, what else explains advocacy for such policies in the face of overwhelming evidence that a policy prescription is either ineffective, doomed to fail, harmful, dangerous, produces the opposite of the desired effect, is illegal or unconstitutional, or outside the realm of reality? Most of these policies are not just wrong-headed, but dangerous and harmful. After years of studying the liberal mind, I arrived at one conclusion. In order to buy into much of what the left advocates for, there has to be some kind of mental illness. Nothing else explains the ability and willingness of left-wingers to make some of the arguments that they make. Now, I'm no fan of the National Republicans or their cheerleaders, but the policies in which they typically advocate for do not harm people other than their propensity to support aggression abroad, which is now a two-party phenomenon. And, of course, their proclivity to print and spend, again, a two-party phenomenon. In 2014, I wrote a book entitled Critical Thinking, The Lost Art of Critical Thinking and Common Sense in Politics and Public Policy. 
This was my first foray into this arena where I documented much of the perceived insanity I have just outlined. Several years later, I launched this podcast where I continued to struggle with the question why seemingly well-adjusted, productive, and educated members of society would continue to endorse failed policies and the known detrimental consequences associated with them. Then came Trump, followed shortly by COVID, and bam, I finally saw it. I got my answer. In episode 73, The Truth About Trump Derangement Syndrome, I first started putting the puzzle pieces together. I want you to think back to how the National Democrats have portrayed anyone who opposes their agenda or runs for a national office. They trashed Bob Dole when he ran for president. They trashed George W. Bush. They trashed Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, the most milquetoast, squeaky clean person to ever run for president, other than possibly Jimmy Carter. They trashed John McCain, who just a few short years earlier was known as the Maverick. Then there was Trump. And the mental illness I had hypothesized about finally manifested itself in biblical proportions. Do you remember the iconic video of the woman with the thick rimmed glasses and the toboggan standing outdoors screaming for what appeared to be two to three minutes straight over the Trump victory? What would cause her to do that? What had she been told about Trump by the media and her so-called friends? It couldn't have been anything good, so literally she lost her mind in public. And even if that was a staged event, I can't help but continue to come back to it as as a visual reminder of the general politically induced mental illness, and specifically Trump derangement syndrome. Now, before we dive into the heart of this topic, I need to touch on a topic that typically makes our liberal-leaning friends nervous, that being religion. The human mind innately searches for something bigger than itself, for, for meaning in life. With God removed from the equation for many, They find other things to fill the void. For some, politics is their religion, or the environment, or abortion, or the government, or gender issues, or innocuous phrases like equity, racism, or power and control, or even COVID protocols set forth from on high have become a form of religion as the blasphemous unvaccinated are demonized and blamed for everything while the vaccinated ignore the science. They wear their mask as a religious symbol of their belief in the cause. It's quite remarkable. This is no different than the political blasphemy I described in episode 103. Here's the definition I put forth in that episode. Political blasphemy is, one, the act of insulting or showing contempt or lack of reverence for any little g-gods as defined by the woke warriors and professional virtue signalers. Two, Something that you say or do that shows that you do not respect little g-gods as defined by the woke warriors and professional virtue signalers, causes, movements, crusades, struggles, and or protests. See, for these folks, they cannot afford to let God into the picture because doing so makes them murderers or at least supporters of murder because of their worship at the altar of abortion on demand. You can't have God in the picture and claim that the definition of marriage is something different than the definition of marriage. You can't have God in the picture and justify spewing hate towards your fellow human beings, period. Because God directs us to treat each other as we would want to be treated. The Bible teaches that we are all made in God's image and worthy of respect. Last year, I came across a study entitled, A Nation Divided, U.S. Politics Taking Physical, Emotional Toll on Americans. The survey revealed two in five Americans are stressed out by the political climate, and one in five say they are even losing sleep. 
Nearly a third of those surveyed feel views expressed on cable news channels are driving them crazy. The study author said, quote, The current U.S. political climate is literally making Americans physically sick, damaging friendships, and driving many people crazy. He continued, 20% have damaged friendships because of political disagreements, 1 in 5 report fatigue, and it's a small portion, but 4% of the people in our sample said that they've had suicidal thoughts because of politics. That translates to 10 million adults, end quote. Does this describe yourself or people you know? Now keep in mind, this study was published before the COVID hysteria. As I stated previously, if you're like me, you may be wondering why so many seemingly well-adjusted, productive, intelligent members of society, member many of our family members, friends, and co-workers, have fallen for all the bullshit lies and propaganda emanating from the left. So much of what they say and do is demonstrably false or wrong or harmful. Think about COVID. I mean, virtually everything Fauci and the Democrats have told us about the disease has been wrong or a lie, and virtually every action they have taken has been misguided, if you want to be generous, or willfully negligent, if you're being more truthful. Most of this we've touched on already. Masks, lockdowns, demonizing the unvaxxed, pretending the vaccinated cannot spread the virus, suppressing information about the importance of early treatment, censoring doctors and scientists who disagree with the mainstream view, denying the distribution of cheap, life-saving, repurposed drugs like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, or calling ivermectin a horse dewormer, or endorsing vaccine mandates of an experimental drug. Think back to the Trump years. He and his supporters were called Nazis, white supremacists, and racists. Where does this behavior come from? The best explanation I have heard is something called mass psychosis. Think of it as hypnosis of the masses. Experts explain that, generally speaking, in order to achieve or create mass psychosis, you must have a society that meets several criteria. Number one, it must be decoupled, fragmented, or divided. Think about all the ways the left tries to fragment and divide us. Along racial lines, gender identity, sexual orientation, immigration status, levels of income, ethnic lines, political party affiliation. Along those same lines, there needs to be a lack of connection to others. Think lockdowns, quarantines, prolonged isolation from family and friends. The second component needed to achieve mass psychosis is the world must appear and seem senseless. What about our current social or political or economic world makes logical sense to anyone? The next component is there must be constant anxiety, stress, angst, and fear. You can definitely check that one off the list. This is where the analogy of being similar to hypnosis comes in. You create an environment where there is a singular focus and lots and lots of anxiety. Think about the German people in the 1930s and 40s. The Jews were the danger. They were portrayed as subhuman, requiring re-education. Think back to the Trump era. We were fed a constant barrage of unsubstantiated claims about him. It was a hypnotizing drumbeat of Trump fear porn. He was a clear and present danger to democracy, whatever the hell that means. With the left already in high gear during the Trump years, the appearance of COVID afforded them the opportunity to take it up a notch. Think about the singular focus on COVID and getting vaccinated and the portrayal of the unvaxxed as dirty and unworthy of civil liberties. Think about the inflated death counts during the summer of 2020. Hospitals were incentivized to count people who died with COVID as dying of COVID ignoring comorbidities. Think about the inflated positive test results 
by using a highly flawed PCR test. Think about the constant COVID fear porn being fed to the public by the Democrats and the alphabet soup conspiracy media. The Delta variant, the Omicron variant. Think about the focus on counts of COVID positive tests rather than what really matters, which is hospitalizations and deaths. Do we publicize the number of people who get the flu every year? Think back to all of Fauci's communications over the last 18 or 20 months. Notice that all of them were intended to maximize stress, anxiety, and fear. Enforce isolation, masking, lockdowns, all of which caused business closures, evictions, bankruptcies, and family separation. Stress, anxiety, and fear. The next step is to have gracious leaders step in to fix the problem that they caused in order to alleviate the stress and anxiety. The irrational and frightened sheep welcomes these leaders and experts who are only here to help. Then these gracious leaders set up a singular solution. Re-educate the Jews. Get rid of Trump. Take the vaccine. It's at this point where the hypnosis begins to crystallize. With the other components of mass psychosis firmly in place, a significant portion of the population, the sheep, enter into what can only be described as a hypnotic state of acceptance. They believe shit like the Jews are the real problem, or Trump is a threat to the country, or this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, or the vaccine is safe and effective, or requiring your family to wear a mask that has proven not to work at your Christmas gathering is going to keep everybody safe, or vaccinating your children and teenagers, all of whom have zero chance of dying from COVID. They think all of that's a good idea. The next step is to keep the sheep in line, to keep them hypnotized. In order to do that, there must be harmonized messaging of lies, propaganda, and misinformation to reinforce, justify, and legitimize the solution. Repeat the messaging over and over again until the public has reached a point where they are literally hypnotized. Rational thought and critical thinking cease. This is where the hypnotizing drumbeat of the alphabet soup conspiracy media comes in. Think about the entire Russia collusion steel dossier Mueller investigation. It was a known dead end from the beginning, yet night after night, month after month, year after year, we saw the likes of Adam Schiff, John Brennan, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, and other prominent Democrats, talking heads like Chris Cuomo, Rachel Maddow, and Don Lemon, and other media merchants. We saw them peddle these lies to the American people over and over again. The COVID messaging that we've already discussed served the same purpose, and they're still doing it to this very day. The final component of perpetrating the mass psychosis is the suppression and censorship of dissent. The truth must be silenced. Anything that contradicts the prescribed solution must be squashed. The social media giants are all too willing to oblige the criminals in D.C. Trump has been banished from all major social media platforms. Hundreds of doctors and researchers have been suppressed, censored, and or deplatformed over their reporting on COVID, anything outside the 3x5 card of allowable opinion. The sheep are purposely kept ignorant and therefore compliant. How does that explanation of mass psychosis sit with you? Does it help explain the political environment we live in? Does it explain some of your acquaintances? For me, it was quite eye-opening and helps me understand why people I respect, people I work with, people I'm related to, why they believe what they believe despite overwhelming evidence available to them. Their visceral hatred of Trump and his supporters, their blind allegiance to Fauci and the CDC, their unfounded fears of all things COVID, their unwillingness to speak out when Democrats or leftists push harmful policies. It's not that these are bad people necessarily. They are essentially under a spell, 
They're hypnotized or brainwashed to the point where seeking the truth never even enters their mind. It's a strategy as old as mankind itself. Manipulation. Who's to say that the so-called sophisticated modern mind is not susceptible to it as our less sophisticated brothers and sisters from centuries past? A sheep is a sheep. And that is the truth about mass psychosis. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.